The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. This is a 680 The Fan podcast. To hear more live and local sports content like this, tune in to 680 AM or 93.7 FM or download the Fan app. Jackson Stevens, the pride of Oxford, Alabama, right? Mm-hmm. And you're a fan of Alabama, and your wife is an Auburn yes. graduate, right? Auburn graduate. Mm. Well, that makes for an interesting Damn. time, huh? It's it's an interesting week out of the year, for sure. <laughs> but now basketball is pretty good, so it's a couple of weeks. Yeah, <laughs> right. True. Yeah, Bruce Pearl's got it going on. Yeah. So what happens when you get introduced to her family for the first time? So she's originally from Ohio, so... She grew up probably an Ohio State okay. fan, I'm pretty sure, right. which that doesn't float well with me either. <laughs> but um, their her whole family is Ohio State. Okay. And then so her dad worked at Auburn, and that's why she went to school there and, and stuff. So, I mean, they try to ruffle my feathers a little bit when Alabama loses, which yeah. is hardly ever. But um, And it works sometimes, but I don't let it affect me. But it, it's it's pretty good banter. We were talking about the changes in college football and Kalen DeBoer obviously there now. You said he's got a guy to handle, facilitate the other things because, let's face it, uh, many college coaches have said it. You're more or less a GM now aside from a coach. Yeah, I mean, I don't know the exact guy. I just That's what I heard. But, I mean, I just think the game of college sports now is being able to work the NIL and work the transfer portal to the best of your ability. I mean, when you, you when you're when you're, I'm I'm happy these guys are getting paid because I think they deserve it. But I, I think it's kind of hitting to a point where you know I I don't think this is not how Nick Saban ran things, and that's not how he wanted to do it. So I think this was kind of like a a good I'm, exit for him. A good, a good exit. He didn't want to deal with this. Yeah, I mean, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I, yeah. I, I don't talk. I don't talk to Nick Saban. Right, well, let's, let's just, he's but, got his own problems. Yeah, let's just <laughs> let's just say that I don't think Nick Saban was necessarily happy with the direction. It might have helped when yeah. he realized a house in Florida plus another boat. Maybe I'm just done at this point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, what a career is goat. Yeah. So I mean, I, I think he's the greatest uh, college football coach of all time, one of the greatest football coaches of all time, and I'm biased because being a Bama fan is pretty fun to watch. Yeah, but... what about the bad years? You know, there was a stretch. People don't realize yeah, this. Was... 54 and 46 over 100 games, and you're Alabama. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Three coaches in a matter of, like, whatever, minutes it seemed like. It, They're firing it, it people. Was, it, was, it was bad, and then he came along, and it, it, everything God. changed. It was great. Yeah. But, uh... Why does it feel like my chair is about – a foot and a half lower than yours. <laughs> why am I, is my because he's a foot and a half taller? What than the hell is why. going on here? I'm it's looking up to him pretty, like it's pretty basic. I'm looking up to him like I'm a nine year old. <laughs> I, I don't know. All right, uh, I don't, how, Alabama kid, big guy. Was football ever your thing? Yes, uh, I played all three sports growing up. I played football, basketball, and baseball. Um, I actually didn't play football until I got in seventh grade. My dad wouldn't let me play until then, um, and I loved the game. I was scared to death playing for the first time but then i became pretty solid at it and uh um ended up being a good football player uh i, I was a quarterback and um me and Jameis winston were we played travel ball together and it was like me and him would duel in the state and um 
and he was he was Mr. Alabama in football, rightfully so, first overall pick. Holly, I mean, did you finish second in Mr. Alabama football? No, How close I, I, was no, it? no I, I didn't finish second in that. I was just an all, I was second team all state at quarterback in Alabama, which is pretty cool. But no. So what are the offers at that point? You must have football offers. Uh, I did. I had a couple. Um, I think uh, this is way back. I'm old now. But uh, UAB wanted me in football. And then I actually talked to Nick Saban a few times and went on a visit there. And I was already committed to play baseball there. And uh, they were going – what I heard, that they were going to try to let me play. And if I was good enough, mm-hmm. I would be able to be on the team and be on a full ride there. Um, so that had been pretty cool. And <laughs> – because <laughs> I, I loved it. I loved everything about quarterback. I like the scheming part and then obviously playing. I'm a competitor, so I like playing, obviously. But watching film and scheming people up on defense, I, I thought it was very intriguing, and I loved that. And I had a really good football team in high school, and I had quite a few NFL guys on my team. It made me Jeez. look really good, but – so what was it, so did you get when you say really good? Did you make it to a state championship? No, we got beat by Hoover in the semis. Hoover was that uh, Russ Prost yeah. at that time? No, or it whatever was, uh, his name was. It was our actually Oxford's coach at, uh, left after Rush okay. left. He went to Hoover, so it was our Damn. ex-coach when I was a seventh and eighth grader. We had to play him, and they were really good. Uh, we were better than them, I believe that, but we let it get away. How many people do you think you played in front of that game? Oh God. A lot. Um, I couldn't even tell you. At least 40,000 maybe, I would think. Is there a freak out? Like, be honest. You're a high school kid. Is there a little bit of a freak out? I was more nervous during my sophomore year stepping out there in the big crowds. Uh, I was more nervous in the Jamboree game, which is like a practice game, go before the season, playing against Hoover as a sophomore in just a scrimmage game or whatever and how – big the stands were and all the people I was more nervous on that than I was whenever I got to be a junior or senior I was like I'm used to it I I was kind of even kill Mm -hmm. I wasn't the first one running out of the paper sign for the cheerleaders to do I was the last like kind of just coasting through like you gotta look cool well I I guess I was trying to look cool I don't know but I was just I was just trying to be even kill the whole time Jackson Stevens is here with us so travel ball teammate of Jameis Winston what kind of a teammate was he great he's awesome He's really good. Because on the outside looking in, he seems a little bit goofy at times. He is goofy. He is a. Okay. He he's. That's nice. He, it's, by it's, the way, it's, that's it's, nice the way you put that. Well, I mean, I know how you feel about yeah. him. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, Jameis is Jameis is a goofball in itself. He would, but he was so athletic on the baseball field, and it, you know, it kind of reminds me a little bit of Ronald. Ronald can tease you a little bit. Yeah. Jameis would get in rundowns because he get bored, and he know he get out of it. But so could he have been? Year old. Could he have been a professional major league baseball player? I think he, I think he's athletic enough. He could have, he for have. sure. He could, th- he could pitch. I mean, through hard, um, obviously. But um, I mean, because he can throw a football. Or like, a, a what was your high school arm? So if I, so when you were sixty, could you throw at sixty, sixty-five? Uh, on my good days, I could probably throw at sixty. I think I threw one, probably sixty, sixty-five in the third round. I never forget. It was like fourth and forever, and <laughs> we were getting beat, and we needed it, and we went for it. And I remember rolling out. And for some reason, we ran. We called it Kansas Will, where we ran a like a deeper slant that was like 15 yards, 20 yards on the outside guy. And our inside guy, who was a really good receiver, Cody Spire, we called him Chief. He ran a wheel off of it. And for some reason, I look up and he's behind the safeties, and I was like, "Oh my God, I got to throw this!" And I just launched it, and and it was one of the best spirals. It was just, <laughs> it was like God bless me on that throw. 
and I do like far. Got behind him, we won. Did it feel like? It almost sounds like you're you're almost there again. Did it feel like slow motion, like the ball in the air, like you would see in a movie? Honestly, I, oh, my bad. Honestly, I couldn't um, I couldn't really see it because I was getting chased and I didn't get hit, but I kind of just blacked out. I just knew that if I got it there, it, he he was gonna be able to handle it, and he we we scored on it. So it was. But it was kind of like slow motion, I guess you could say that. It was kind of a blur. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe he got past them because it was like, you know, number one rule, like, fourth and forever, do not let them get behind you, for God's sakes. And for some reason, he was like five, ten yards behind them. And I would just never forget it. I was like, <laughs> not do it. And it it was perfect. It worked out. Jackson Stevens is uh, here with us in camp with the Braves. So you seem to be a guy that enjoys and appreciates everything that you've worked for in life and and this situation is challenging for you obviously mm-hmm. being here with the Braves but how do you approach it year to year with spring training um here to win a job like compete my tail off be the best version of myself and try to win the job and win it the right way and that's that's the way I go about things so how about spring training for you when some guys say Max Fried is out there. Guess what? He's going to make the team. He's going to be on the opening day roster. But he's got to get his work in. Hitters are a little bit ahead of the, the – pitchers are a little bit ahead of the hitters. For you, do you feel like every session, every side session, every time you're going to get into a game this year, it's not that version of what Max Fried. Mm-hmm. You don't have the luxury of that. Is that a fair way to put it? Yeah, that's totally fair. I mean, yeah, that's it's no secret. I mean, it's – you know, I'm taking it one day at a time and be the – I'm trying to be better every single day. And if I can just do what I can do and what I know I'm capable of, everything will work out what that needs to work out. So and how do you how do you make this team? How do you how do you ensure that you travel with this team north? Um, get people out, do things the right way, and just compete your tail off. And that's literally my three things that like I need to do. I need to get people out. I need to just compete 110 percent, which I I don't. I will never fall short of that. I pride myself on just competing. I don't care who's in the box at any given time. I, I'm more of – I like to play games, like, with – and if it's not – like, if it's a drill, I'll try to make it a game because I want to push myself to be able to be the best version of myself. And then just being a good guy, being a good teammate, being a being a guy that people like to have around and on top and, like, believe in that can do the job. So you said you became – you sort of chill in high school football by the time you were a junior and a senior – because we know now when you're supposed to get an inning, the sheet is put out. You know what games you're going to – what's the night before like for you now? Are you still that way, or are you – is there a little bit of an intensity going on? No, I try to take it like what happens here kind of stays here, and then having my wife and my two dogs down here, I kind of just be myself, and whatever it is. I mean, March Madness is right around the corner. I'll probably be watching basketball games or – We'll be watching some Netflix with the wife and, you know, just kind of chilling out. I know what the task at hand is mm-hmm. the next day, but at the same time, it's not. I'm not really thinking about that. We got a while in the mornings. We got a lot of time to prepare. Like, it's, you know, it, you got to get your work in, and I get my work in here, and then when it's off the field, I kind of just like to chill out and just hang around. Jackson Stevens is here with us, uh, the Braves. So you get drafted by the Reds, you come to the Braves, but in between you pitch in the Mexican League, do you mm-hmm. not? Now, what's mm-hmm. that experience like? <laughs> it was an experience um, in itself. I was blessed. You know, I didn't play. So I got DFA'd by the Reds in 19. I didn't play any in 2020, COVID year. No, no one wanted me, didn't play at all. And then going into 21 when everybody got back to normal, I thought there would be a job for me in affiliated baseball, and it wasn't. 
Um, and I waited, waited for a call, you know, still working out, still throwing or whatever. And then this team down in Mexico called me, uh, Laredo. Um, it's Laredo, Texas, and Nueve Laredo. It's the it's an interesting team. They have um, two stadiums. One's in Mexico. One's in Texas. It's the only team in professional sports that has two different countries that you're playing in as a home side. And it's and those are the only ones that call me. Can, and, I, can I ask? Don't do you have any idea how they even got your phone number? No, I do not. I have no idea. They actually reached out to me. The The GM reached out to me or his assistant GM and asked me if I would be willing to play. This is what they would offer money-wise, blah, blah, blah. And at the time, in my head, I went, absolutely not. I'm, I'm not going down there. But then, like, my wife, thank, I thank her all the time and appreciate her. She was like, you're, you're too young to not just play. You need to go play. And I was kind of, like, worried, you know, all this kind of stuff. I've never been out of the country to play baseball before. Anybody that does that for the first time, they're, you know, they're a little bit like, okay, you know. And I went down there, and it was a grind. It was a lot different than here. It's, you know, you don't get to stay at these great, nice hotels or, you know, and and have spreads all the time. Like, it's all on your own. And you and you, I just played, and I just competed. Like I said, I did what I needed to do, and then – I did that for a whole summer, and then the bullpen catcher here, Jose Yepes, he's a winter ball GM in Venezuela, and he reached out to me, which there was a couple of teams in Venezuela that reached out to me because I did well in Mexico. And um, I went and played for him and then did well down there. And then that's how I got signed here to a minor league deal in 22. It's crazy. So you believe if you said no or didn't answer the phone or they didn't find you, you're not here. I'm not here. I'm not playing probably. No. I I wouldn't have just – if, if it wasn't for answering that phone and then having the uh, the backup of my wife telling me that I'm capable and I'll be good to go, because that was also my first year of marriage too. So it was like kind of hard on me to kind of like just leave in my first year of that big com- that big commitment and stuff. And she was like, I'm okay with it. And she wanted me to go. And then when I was like, what about Venezuela? I was gone all summer. And she's like, I think it'd be a great opportunity for you. So I did it and, Thank God I did. And I would, yeah, I would not be here. 1,000% would not be here. And again, somebody has to find you. So the fact that you're with a Braves bullpen coach who has the connection and Alex. So I'm assuming then Alex is the next guy to call or? Um, yep. He, he, the bullpen catcher, uh, I guess, reached out to Alex or mm-hmm. whoever he needed to. And then they looked at some stuff. and Dana Brown, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know who it was he reached out to. I have no idea. I just know that when I got back from winter ball, I got back right before Christmas, and I enjoyed my because that's when my contract ended, and then and stuff, and th- and I just came back, and next thing you know, I had a I had a call from um, I think it was Ben Sustanovich, and he, he called me and offered me a spot in minor league camp and play, and I was just tickled to death because I just wanted to get back in affiliated ball, and I couldn't be more excited growing up a Braves fan, and that happened, and I was like, this is so cool. When the Mexican Mexican team called you, do you think that's a joke? Someone's pulling your leg initially? No, not not necessarily. I, I mean, it came I just, out of nowhere. It seems. Yeah, it, it it's just it came out of nowhere. Um, but I mean, they might have texted me first and then asked if they could call, and that's what that was way more helpful than just getting a call from random Laredo, Texas. I didn't even know where that was at. I always thought it was a spam call, so I would have never even answered it probably. But um, but yeah, it was just like, so kind of. You crazy. said you did well. I'm assuming if you're not pitching well in a Mexican league, you don't have to 
tell yourself, you're being told by everybody in the stands that you're not good right now? Uh, I wouldn't know that. I don't I, – I, I wouldn't know. You that. must have had a teammate who gave up a three-run bomb at the wrong time. Mexicans, you know, we talked about it. In some of these countries, this is – winter ball is you better have your big boy pants on. Yeah. Because, I mean, it can get it can get like that, but it wasn't really like that that much. I mean, there's – you know, honestly, like I was super appreciative of that because it makes you want to get back here. Right. Um, but at the same time, like the fans were great. <laughs> it was electric there. Same mm-hmm. in Venezuela. Like they're baseball fans. And yeah, they'll probably let you know if you stunk. I'm sure they did. But, um, thank God I didn't any because <laughs> I wouldn't want to know that. But I didn't really see that as much. Um, and we we weren't the greatest team that year, but I just. I, I didn't see it a whole lot. And, I mean, they were kind of chill for the most part. But I'm sure there's some other teams. I wasn't on, like, one of the big teams down there, like Tijuana or Mexico City, Monterey, or any of those. I wasn't on those, uh, Monclova. Um, but I'm sure that they, they have it tough over there. So you've been in a couple of clubhouses. We talked about Chris Sale. Chris Sale's got an intensity. He's got things to prove. He wants to prove he's healthy. He wants to get back to the top. Charlie Morton's about as laid back as you get. You ask Charlie a question, you'll be there for an hour because Charlie just wants to have a conversation. Mm-hmm. So there are different personalities in clubhouses. Mm-hmm. You said you just want to be known as a good guy. That's a great idea because that'll keep you around a little bit longer than being the opposite of that. But how much do you appreciate everybody's story? Oh, I, I appreciate everybody's. I think, you know, I was raised to treat everybody with respect and it'd be as nice as you can be. Like, that's just the way I was raised. And I'm a talker. I'm a goofball. And and aspect of things i like to like mess around with the teammates and stuff like that but um for the most part i like to listen and hear everybody else i love charlie how he's so subtle and how he talks he, he calls me pal and i've never i never thought i would ever hear that <laughs> and um and then chris has been great chris is coming in and just fitting right in and I'm, I'm i'm sure he's ready to prove a lot and i think he's gonna be great this year what about catchers how many times have you needed a foot up your rear end and and you had the right guy the guy who knew when to do it <laughs> so i i don't think i've ever had a catcher get on me before but um our old bullpen coach drew french so drew french used to be uh, he recruited me at alabama which was kind of crazy that all this story just comes about but i remember meeting drew and on my visit to play at Alabama, and he was an assistant there. And so he knew a little bit of me. He, he, I mean, he recruited me, for crying out loud. So he knew a little bit of me. But he also knew that there was a button that could be pushed to put me in, like, a place where, like, let's go. Because I need it sometimes. Like, I, and, and my dad would tell you that he would just – he'll probably get on to me for no reason just to get me fired up and pissed off. So I would go do what I needed to do. And I needed that. Like, and I, and you know who who's the best at it was actually my basketball. My dad was the assistant basketball coach on varsity in high school, and I've had I had two. One of them actually moved down here and coached down in Venice when I was a sophomore. He left after sophomore year, but we hired a new guy. His name's Coach Van Meter, and he ran me out of a gym one time because I wouldn't make a time on like conditioning. And I and I'm the kind of guy I'm like a yes guy. I'll just do anything you tell me to do, but I might not do it as good as everybody else, but I'll do it. And when I wasn't making the time, he ran me out of the gym and said, don't come back. <laughs> and my dad's the assistant there. And he would jump me like no other. And I was like, that's how I had to handle, like, adversity a little bit. And I refused to leave the gym. I was like, I'm not leaving. So I don't want to mention a guy that was here. He used to pitch for the Braves. It doesn't matter. But he, was, he looked incredible in his uniform. He looked like he was drawn. 
Like he was, he looked like Central Casting, the guy you would put on the mound, put mm-hmm. on a baseball uniform, and go. That guy's going to strike nine people out in the next five innings. He's going to strike nine people out, but he nibbled. He wouldn't throw a strike. He was just trying to play the game of cat. My version of a catcher coming out is your size. I'll put my fist in your sternum, and I will tell you, look at you, <laughs> and what what do you think you're doing today? Do, that, I not, do I not look good in the uniform like that guy? I got to be honest. That guy looked a little bit. <laughs> he looked like he was drawn. He looked. Yes. He looked like the perfect pitcher. No, nothing disparaging about yeah, you, but he looked like yeah, the perfect pitcher. But he nibbled. But he nibbled, and I would be so pissed off as a catcher when I would take. I would take him to a full length mirror, and I'd say, "Look at you. You're a nibbler. You are not going to survive in this world because th- that's you, not who you need to be." Yeah, you got to go at him. Um, I wouldn't mind it if they did at all, but I just I've never had Travis come out there and like say hey let's you know let's get it into gear or whatever he's been very subtle like hey calm down or whatever like you're doing fine he's very positive murph is the same way um now i might get an earful from sal when i got back into the dugout because i made a wrong pitch or i shook to this pitch and it didn't make any sense or whatever and and stuff but i don't think the catchers will ever get on to me they're just always gonna have my back and all that but um but I wouldn't mind it, to be quite honest. If they wanted to do that, I'd be fine it's with it. It's a wake-up. I always thought that you'll snap a guy right out of it. Just don't you, embarrass me out there, but get me fired up. That's right. Exactly. And, and you, and I didn't say square off and punch you. I just think you take your fist. <laughs> That'd be a mistake. And, and you think. touch a guy in the sternum, and you just let him know that, hey, we gotta, we got to be a little bit harder at that's this right. thing. That's right. That's right. Well, Jackson, we appreciate you coming by. Always a pleasure uh, getting a chance to talk with you. Hopefully uh, you make the club, and we'll see you. Up north, when all is said and done, we can bother you again someday. Oh, y'all are more than welcome to bother me anytime. I love this. I love this. I could sit here and talk to y'all all day. We can talk about all kinds of things. You may have a future in this. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, uh, I don't know. If, I don't know if your wife is going to tell you. You know, like that whole Mexico thing, where she you gave you good advice. I'm not so sure. She she probably would like me up here talking a lot. Get it all out of me before I get back to the house. There you go. You are kind of quiet when you come home after doing this. That's for sure. For four hours. We appreciate it though. Yeah. Thanks, Jackson. I enjoyed it. Thanks. Best guys. of luck. This is a 680 The Fan Podcast. To hear more live and local sports content like this, tune into 680 AM or 93.7 FM or download the Fan app. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save and save and win. At Jim Ellis Automotive, we take pride in our family owned and operated business. Hi, I'm Stacy Ellis, Vice President of the Jim Ellis Automotive Group. When my granddad, Jim Ellis, founded our company in 1971, His goal was to treat every customer like family by offering a car buying experience that was easy and fully transparent. And it worked. 50 years later, my dad, Jimmy Ellis, grew the organization to become Georgia's largest family-owned and operated automotive group. Today, third-generation family members like myself, along with the support of more than 1,700 dedicated team members, are working hard to uphold the values our company was founded on. At Jim Ellis Automotive, we try harder because we sincerely value your satisfaction. That's why we've been around for over 50 years. Enjoy the advantages of buying your next vehicle from a family-owned and operated dealership. Visit JimEllis.com or stop by any of our 20 dealerships located throughout Metro Atlanta. Jim Ellis Automotive, still family-owned and operated and where you can always expect the best.
Camp Margaritaville RV Resort, where you can just breathe in and breathe out. <sighs> or move. There's biking, boating, arcade games, hiking, nearby golfing. Or fly through the new Fins Up Water Park. Thrills, chills, twists, and turns. This could be you. Camp Margaritaville at Lanier Islands. An easy one-hour drive from Atlanta. Book your stay today at Camp Margaritaville Lanier Islands.com.